Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast of the Just Being Honest Podcast is brought to you by Sun Potion. Sun Potion, sip and unveil the power from within you. These are really transformational foods for a high vibrational and holistic lifestyle. Sun Potion. Guys, they offer the highest quality tonic herbs and superfoods. They're always organic or wildcrafted, consciously sourced from around the world. My favorite, my morning favorite, seriously, the Yin Power, which is a tonic blend that contains the ingredients, get ready, organic reishi mushroom, wild harvested he woo extract, wild harvested pearl powder, tokos, organic ashwagandha extract, wild harvested pine pollen, wild harvested astragalus extract, and organic shatavari. It's so simple to use. Guys, I just add one teaspoon to my favorite tea, but it's also excellent blended into smoothies, shakes, raw chocolates, warm potions, coffees, and other creative elixirs your mind can conjure up. So are you curious yet as to how Sun Potions products can have an effect on your personal immunity? Creative energy, maybe hormonal balance, mental clarity, stress relief, I know we could all use that, and even cellular regeneration. Well, guys, guys, there's one way to find out. You can purchase them here, right here, right here at the JBH Podcast. So click on the link provided in the show notes and we'll get you hooked up. On this episode, number 48 of the Just Being Honest podcast, our guest so graciously allowed us to put him in a very vulnerable state. We asked about what the triggers may have been to his spiraling out of control with addiction and why his going to jail cultivated a deep root of respect for strangers around him. We discussed much about the term identity and also that life-altering question we all face each and every day of, am I good enough? Matthew believes that one of the greatest gifts in life is failure. But the question is, how does that teach you? And how does that shape you? Matthew certainly got into shape by taking on a leadership role as a soul cycle instructor and uses this as his stage to motivate others towards honoring their truth. Finally, he makes a brilliant point that everyone already knows. Guys, this is imperative. Everyone already knows who they are, but we get distracted by what others think we should do or be. Guys and girls, the truth is it's about believing in yourself and recognizing that so-called flaw is simply a unique characteristic you were destined to share with the world around you. Am I right or am I right? Think about it. I cannot wait to share Matthew's journey and how he plans to transform, as he calls it, his mess into his message. This is a truly remarkable interview. You're not going to want to miss a second. And I highly suggest, if you know anyone struggling with addiction, please pass this on. 
and please know that they can ask for help as well. We can help you as well. DM us, DM Matthew. We'll give all of his information in the show notes. Enjoy, and guys, spread the love. Hi, guys. This is your host, Katie, and this is the Just Being Honest podcast. Holy smokes. It is definitely winter in Southern California. Yeah, yeah, guys, I get it. Um, You guys are under like a blizzard, snowstorms, torrential downpours, maybe some floods, and it's negative. I mean, I swear, I see people posting it's negative 5, it's negative 15. Guys, it was 40 degrees here this morning, and it was cold, let me tell you. But on to the show. This is, as I said before, your host, KB, and this is the Just Being Honest podcast, your health, nutrition, and lifestyle coach. Here we go, post-holiday, on to the next one. 2019 is coming, and that is what we are exactly tailoring our show to today. Our guest is a very special guest. All of our guests are special, but this one, it's very imperative for you guys to listen in, take notes, Open up your hearts, open up your eyes, and um, really think about some things in your life that maybe you can not necessarily use the word manifest, but transform, tailor, visualize for 2019. Maybe you want to have a clean slate. Isn't that what, like, the turning of the tides and, like, you know, the the new page of a new year is all about. So that is what our kind of theme of the day is. But without further ado, we are going to welcome Mr. Matthew Carolyn to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Guys, okay. So if many of you don't know Matthew, he is, well, he was my one of my first soul cycle instructors because I don't go to soul cycle a lot and when I do I like to like really just like bang it out in class and it's usually for some reason when I do go to a soul cycle class because you all know that I am such an outdoor person like if I can get outdoors and sunshine and the elements just earth myself I will do it but sometimes I have to go indoors and I have to go to the mecca um, which is oftentimes soul cycle because yeah, you know as much as I do, it's, it, it is what its name is, yeah. the soul. So, Matthew, you grew up in Southern California. I did. And you have a crazy, amazing story because you have, you have gone through many bouts of life transformations. And um, I want to kind of just start off with, where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Yorba Linda, uh, which is North Orange County. <clears throat> uh, now I've been living in Newport Beach. I lived in New York, Manhattan, New Jersey, uh, kind of all over, but um, Southern California's home. Like you were saying, you know, it's cold right now, but this is summer for us. This is like other people's summer. You know, this is home for me. Always has been, always will be. Perfect. Yeah. So um, you lived in New York City. I, I swear, I've always had... I've had a couple of guests here from New York City in the fitness realm, especially. It's yeah. like also kind of 
uh, mecca of fitness there. Um, and I'm always like, I want to go, I want to go. But I'm kind of like scared to go for some reason because there's so many like personality and the energy is crazy. And I'm like, my energy levels, like I, <laughs> I, I, I am so like yeah, that's, affected by it. I feel that's the beauty of the city. Like there's a saying in New York, uh, this is where the future comes to audition. And it's so true. <clears throat> um, it is such a harsh environment with all the different personalities and diversity that if you can really tap into that and, you know, kind of be accepting of everybody while still holding space for yourself, that's like a place where if you can do that there, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it has that feeling, the skylights, um, like they mean something, they're magic is what they call them. And they either remind you of how, <clears throat> of the direction you're going or how far you're getting from the direction you should be going. Um, and that's kind of what they represent out there. And that's like a good feeling to have, like knowing that, uh, you know, to stay focused, you know, to have that goal and you're, that's why you're there. You know, it's easily to get distracted with different things going on. But yeah, I loved it. It changed my life. Like, I think everybody should at least, <laughs> I always say on your 18th birthday, you got to move for two years, go live in New York by, you know, before you go to college, uh, you got to go live in New York before you decide what you want to do with your life because it's so life changing to be able to, to be forced to like take care of yourself and like just be, you know, to become who you're going to be at New York. Right. So there's not a better place. Well, and like not even just New York, but uh, like I'm not from L.A. I'm from Kansas. Uh, and oh, so, wow. yeah. Okay. So I my big move was coming out to, yeah, out to, to LA. L.A. Yeah. Which if y'all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, OK, there it came out. But if you guys all know how scary it is to come to Los Angeles from the Midwest, I like, bet, yeah. I really had to, like, get my <laughs> stuff together. Like, at first, I'm like, hi, want to be friends? You know, I'm, I'm like that dog on the strand who, like, walks up and is like, hi, hi, that puppy. Yeah. And, then, and then real fast, you find that <clears throat> those big, they'll bite back, yeah. you know? And so I had to make a strong shell, but also... I slowly learned who I was, my identity, because yeah. maybe you can agree on this, that in a place that is so highly populated, you can feel so alone. Absolutely. New York is, when I moved there, was one of the loneliest places I had ever been. And you're surrounded by millions and millions of people. Um, and it's actually, New York is where, <clears throat> like you said, you found yourself here. Like, I have this notion that we don't, you know, it feels like we find ourselves, but what we're doing is we're creating ourselves in a sense like it's not so much and in new york is when i i walking the streets by myself with headphones in and i would walk you know at 3 a.m with a blizzard because nobody was out in the city and I have the city to myself it was quiet the snow <clears throat> it was beautiful and uh i remember thinking that like i'm not i don't need to be found or discovered there's nothing that i need to make myself live the life that I'm trying to live that I don't have already. And so it became more about like that process of creating the life that I wanted to live rather than like looking or searching for it. Cause everybody knows who they are. Right. But we get distracted. We think we take on, you know, what our parents wanted for us, what society deems is like uh, acceptable and appropriate, you know, for certain ages and certain job titles and uh, certain schools. And for me, I didn't fit the mold of any of that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't fit the mold of what my parents wanted me to do. I didn't fit the mold of what society wanted me to do. But I still didn't know because I was distracted by doing all of those things and trying to do all the things that 
I thought I needed to do. Um, So I never really gave myself the opportunity to discover or create who I was. Um, And it didn't happen until I was in New York in like my late 20s, really, that I decided that I didn't, that I had to let go of all that stuff so that I could kind of start to become who I needed to be to feel good about myself. And I walked away from my family's company, got into the fitness industry. I had always been an athlete um, growing up and loved the fitness and what it represents and the similarities between actual real life and what happens in the gym or at a soul cycle studio are very similar. Um, hmm. And that's what helped me like to kind of just start to discover and create and get back onto the track that I knew I should be on in the first place. Yeah. So we're going to dive back into your history a little bit and a, kind of the whole reason of why you're on here and why <clears throat> what really wanted you to share your story. Um, one point you said in the fitness realm, it really shows a lot of who you are out in the real world, um, which is very true. It is such a self-reflection. How far can you push it? What can you tell yourself when the going gets tough? When you're cycling and you say, crank that mother effer up, (laughs) and you just tap, like pretend to turn it up, what does that tell you about trying again or going through the grit, you know? And... Same with like yoga classes and stuff too. Are you going to go for that headstand or are you going to say, I'm too scared, I'm going to fall? Well, if you fall, you get up. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. I think, uh, yeah, it's the same. The parallels are so similar with life and fitness that, uh, you know, because it's all about, you know, as a soul cycle instructor, I can say something that might spark you for a second, but like it's the action that you do that's going to carry that, take, you're going to take that with you. You know, like we could sit here and talk and I could say how amazing you could be. You could be president of the United States. You could be anything you want, you know, but it's, and you could get so fired up. But the second you leave, if you don't believe that in yourself, you're going to forget it in a month or two months, right? So it's the constant repetition. But if you're holding a minute plank, you know, and you've never done that before and you're doing it yourself and I'm telling you, you can do anything you want. Just stay up a little bit longer, stay up a little bit longer and you do it the belief that you take with that, you'll never forget that. And that feeling, it's the feeling you get. It's not the words you hear. It's not the things that are said because I'll be honest, like I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before. You know, it's the package that we delivered in might sound different or, but it's all relatively the same about just believing in yourself and just getting that confidence up that like the trust, the trust really is about if I fail, I'm going to get back up. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So in a sense, I mean, to me, a failure has got such a negative connotation to it, but I think it's one of the greatest, greatest gifts that we get is failure. I hear that time and time again. <clears throat> People are saying, what is the, like, the biggest lesson is like learning from my failures. Like that mm-hmm. is the biggest blessing. Yeah. Um, and so many people have this like fear against it when it's like failure is really like something you should strive for every day. You should really say like, how many times can I fail today? Yeah. Or your definition of failure, whatever that may be, like how many can, times can I do it and what can I see from it? You know, like what does that mean? Or like what could I do in the opposite of that next time and see how that turns out? Yeah. You know, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's great to know your limits, you know, like – because mm-hmm. that's where the growth that comes after that part. Like, you can't just play it safe or be, do the things that you're good at and play small in the areas that you're not good at and feel comfortable and confident that you're going in the right direction. 
Um, one of the biggest things, you know, that I've, that I've noticed about myself and my journey is that I have what I thought were flaws, were character defects that of mine, um, you know, that I didn't like about myself. Um, you know, things like, you know, that, that I took on from other people, um, you know, that wasn't true to who I was. And it wasn't until I stopped doing that, that I really started to just kind of take off in, in a realm of like the spiritual, you know, being okay with who I was, um, you know, and at the, at the end of the day, like, I don't honestly believe that no one is flawed. I think that every single one of us is born exactly as they are, completely perfect for the journey that they're on. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like, we're only flawed in the eyes of each other, right? Like, because it's not our path. So when we see somebody that has something about them that we don't like, we, we think of it as a negative or a flaw. But that's just because that doesn't make sense for our journey, right? Like, but for that person, it's needed, right? So anything that like, like that we have, like it's meant for us, like we're supposed to have that. Mm -hmm. And it's required for us to get to where we're going. So there's no sense of like that, of hiding it and playing small and only focusing on what you're good at. Mm -hmm. Like you can take it all with you. And the sooner you start to take it all with you is the sooner you get to that sense of peace of like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like the universe exactly. really opens up when that happens and you kind of surrender like the ego and you surrender who you think you're supposed to be or need to be and you don't have to hide anymore and it's easy uh, when you're not hiding and playing small to just like show up with who you are and it makes a lot of sense and it gives people, other people the freedom to do that too and uh, that's where like the real human connections are made and that's what to me life makes life special, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, a kind of a interesting point to make of that, like flaws to, in my eyes are just characteristics. They're just unique characteristics. Yeah. What is a flaw? Like right? flaw. <laughs> like know. when I think of flaw for some reason, the image I get is like flaw. Like flan, yeah. Flan, 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 flan. So um, <laughs> let's step back in time, okay? okay. So we're gonna go on a journey. Um, Matthew, how old are you? I'm 38. You're 38, 38 years young. Yep. Um, wow, that is young, yeah. Someone told me their age. I mean, I'm 31, but I still feel like, you know. Yeah, I don't feel 38 at all. I feel like I'm a all. teenager. Yeah, so. same. I feel like I'm like, yeah, maybe like 22 at best. No, I'm just 22, <laughs> whatever yeah. your favorite age Yeah, I'm going to be like 23 for a while, so cool. it'll be fun. Um, so you're 38, which yep. means nothing, but... Um, you grew up in Yorba Linda, and I used to live in Newport Beach. I understand where Yorba Linda is and how it's pretty secluded. It's it's up in yeah, kind of like hill section. Yep. And I just remember someone was like, "Oh, it's I can never get down to my friends down in Newport, you know, and it's just far away." Yeah. Tell me about growing up there. Tell me about your family life. Um, all of it. <laughs> Um, that you want to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, growing up up there was great. I loved it. I thought it was the perfect spot to raise a family. I have two younger brothers. Um, we're all like about a year and a half apart. Um, and it was great. I mean, we had my family owns an electrical contracting company. My dad's been done real well with his business. And uh, I mean, we played sports, went on vacations. It was incredible. Like, it was one of those neighborhoods where like... You would, we could just go, and then 
come back when the lights were on and street lights came on that was like our time to come home like mm -hmm. it was safe it was um yeah there was a lot of young families around at the time and like rollerblades hockey bikes skateboards um you know all of it uh yeah three boys it was like yeah how we all made it into adulthood alive i have no idea how'd your mom do <laughs> yeah that? um yeah how did she do that i have no idea she she did a pretty damn good job though i'll say <laughs> that um yeah my mom and dad were great they've been married for god like i'm pushing oh, coming on 40 years pretty wow. soon um god 40 years holy shit i didn't even realize that um yeah and they you know they're great like yeah our parents are our parents you know like we choose them and they do the best they can and we don't you know like we grow up and we do what we do you know it's not uh family dynamics are so there's so much pressure on parents that i know now um as i am a parent um oh wow i did not know you didn't know that yeah i have a daughter wow. um who's 15. Wow. Yeah, I was a child myself when I had her. Um, and yeah, but I mean, my parents were awesome. They did everything I wanted as a kid I had. Um, and yeah, it was great. I had an amazing childhood. I think, um, I mean, looking back now, I see things that happened that kind of helped, you know, but it was, again, it was all things that were necessary for me to go down the journey that I needed to go down. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all good stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it had, it, again, it had, I gave it negative connotations or for such a long time because I was angry, upset. I was bitter, I, you know, playing the victim card all the time was so easy for me to, you know, say like, you did this to me or I'm this way because of you, you know, and not take responsibility and, just give all of that power to other people. Um, and that's what it is. It's the power shift that I was giving to people. And it's not until you take the power back and own your things and what you've done mm -hmm. and who you are. And, um, cause at the end of the day, everybody is where they're at because of the sum of choices that they've made period. Like that is no one else's fault. We get put into situations as children that might not be what we want. And might not necessarily be our fault, but there's a purpose for them. Mm -hmm. And we, as kids, we don't see it until later in life. If we ever get lucky enough to have, you know, to really own it and, and you know, let the perspective change about the circumstance, you know. And I feel like I say it in class all the time is that our perspective is always stronger than our circumstance. It's how we choose to look at what we're doing, who we are, where we've been that's gonna make the biggest impact. Where we've been, what we've done is, has happened, it's happening, but how we look at it is determines how we're gonna feel about it, right? Mm, so even though we might have you know, troubled pasts or shitty parents or great parents, or it's how we look at it, right? Like, can we use that as a tool to learn from or are we just mm. gonna complain and be the victim about mm. it you know, each day of our lives? and be angry and hold resentment and like exactly. stress and like that the body doesn't want that it doesn't feel good which is why we know that we need that forgiveness in our lives right like and to be able to give the same grace to other people that we want given to us um because no one's perfect like we were talking earlier like it is everybody has their shit you know and it's not up to me or anybody else to judge anybody for what they've done or who they are um you know, because 
I've been given forgiveness. I've been given mm. love. I've been given second chances, 15th chances. <laughs> I've been, you know, shown all of these things so many times that who would I be to not give that to another person? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and everybody knows what forgiveness is because everyone's been given it. So how could we not give it, continue to pass that along to each other? And acceptance as well. Like everybody has been accepted at one point in their life. So how could you not accept another person for exactly who they are? So let me ask you a question. Um, because we're kind of being a little bit vague to the audience yes. right now. Um, we have you on here also because we want to share your story. And I want you to share as much as you feel comfortable with. Okay. So I'm going to give that, that for foreshadowing right there. Um, you've gone through um, some troubled times. Um, and as you mentioned before, it was no one else's doing. It was not even yourself's doing. It was circumstances that maybe you did not create the right perspective at. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you share us some story about what you've gone through? And maybe, um, maybe my, my question is, because you may or may not know, but when do you think that trigger started in your life? Um, for me, so I've struggled with drug addiction since I was uh, 15, probably about 15. I started smoking weed in high school, um, you know, and that led to a bunch of other, you know, more hardcore drugs, cocaine, and, you know, after high school, um, painkillers, methamphetamine, you know, I mean, you name it, like, there's nothing that I really haven't tried. Okay. Um, and all of that, so that last, I mean, I went down that rabbit hole for 10 years, um, you know, of drugs, crime, women, homelessness, living in hotels. Uh, yeah, God, it's been... Yeah, I mean, I spent the better part of a, a decade, a little over a decade of my life going in the wrong direction. Um, going in that direction. Going in that direction, correct. Yeah, and, you know, I, and I... And it fueled itself. It was one of those situations where I didn't feel good about what I was doing. Drugs made me feel better about it was the quick fix. That numbed it. It numbed it. I didn't have to feel it. It was, you know, but that was the cause of the not feeling good at the same time. Because there was a part of me that I hadn't, I didn't know that I was hiding and that I didn't like about myself and that I... Uh, and I didn't know, I didn't know it at the time. So like I was just filling it up with drugs, right? Like drugs made me, you know, they made me feel good. They take the pain away. They made me sociable. They, you know, made me be like who I wanted. Like, and there's, there's a saying is like drugs work. That's why people do them. You know, if they didn't work, no one would do drugs, but drugs work. But until they stop working, you know, like, and that's that tipping point that I went down was they stopped working and filling that void for me. Um, and n there was not enough. Like I couldn't consume enough drugs in a day to fill the void had gotten so big and I had gotten so far away from my family, far away from myself, my truth. Um, mm. And I was really out there. Like I was gone. I was you know, I would get clarity and I would get, you know, sobriety when I would get arrested and I would get locked up and, you know, spend a few months in, in county jail and 
um, for drug charges, uh, trafficking, you know, theft, um, fraud, all kinds of things that I would go get locked up for. Um, and I, when you're in jail, which I'll talk about that experience for a little bit, actually, um, jail has this kind of like this, you know, dangerous, like, oh my God, like, but if you can, if you can make it in jail, like you can make it anywhere, right? Like if you can survive that, like you're going to be okay. And honestly, it's not about being tough or being a badass. It's about respect. And it's about respecting other people's privacy and yours and like, and just kind of owning your space, right? Like, and that was something I had never really done before or had any experience with prior to that. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because you think, like, we take so many things for granted. Mm-hmm. But then the second you are locked up, you absolutely appreciate everything you have and you've had before. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those places where there's so much hope you know, like everybody in there is almost on like their best behavior because they're just trying to change their life because they don't want to be there yeah. anymore. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was like a, it's like a badge of honor really. Like that, like, you know, if you can make it through that and like, who, how can I not do something else that I, you know, um, so yeah, um, you can make it in jail you can make it anywhere yeah. I just feel like uh, yeah that part of my life is so important you know and I looked at it in such a negative way for so long um, I never talked about it you know I never shared that with anybody I mean some of the stuff was a little bit more public knowledge than others but for the most part like I never opened up about any of that to anybody um, about what being in jail being in jail being a drug addict being uh all these things like you know when i uh so uh god i don't even i kind of feel like i've jumped around a little bit it's in okay. my story um and i'm trying to collect your thoughts come back together um but the turning point for me was that like awakening that i had um that i had in jail because of you know, this life that I was living was like the universe was trying to tell me something, right? Like I wanted to do this my Holt. way. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to do drugs. I wanted to have a job. I wanted to have my family and all these things like at the same time. Right. And it's just like, that wasn't the plan. No. Um, and so the universe gives you police officers to come in and arrest you and like kind of, but if you're not open to seeing that, it's the cop's fault, you know, and um, the, you know, like oh, I should have got away or I should have done this and the cop's an asshole. And you know, the, the universe is telling you, it's pointing you in that direction, me to get on the path that I was supposed to be on. And I wasn't listening. Um, and then I started listening because I was scared for my life that I was going to either have to commit to that life, lose my family, lose my daughter, lose my friends, and really commit to like that street life, that like that hustle, that game of like just trying to keep my head above water day by day. And that was it. Like there was like, what can I do today to get me through today? 
and then I'll do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There was no future with me. I, did, I couldn't see down the road. I had no hope, no goals, no dream. It was just to do drugs, get more drugs, and that was it. Like, that was my day. So let me ask you a question. Uh, you said, you know, you started at 15, and kind of you think the trigger that made you begin this process is because there was something within you that you didn't want to be honest about or see um, or just to believe. Yeah. Do you know what that was? Yeah, so at a, at a young age, I was the oldest of three. And um, my mom and dad, just by nature of me being the oldest, um, I kind of was the black sheep of our family, like right out the gate. Um, I kind of just fell into that role. Um, might have earned it a little bit, I'm Can sure. I, hold on. Can I ask you what your sign is? Leo. Okay. You're fiery. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I'm very uh, passionate about. But you're a hard worker. Yeah. So I have this like okay. label of being black sheep in the family um, that I kind of just took on, right? Like they it was, called you a black sheep. No, like I would always get blamed for things. Like if it was, you know, like something happened, something was missing. If something got broken, it was mm-hmm. always like they looked to me first, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I <clears throat> always kind of struggled in school, but did well enough, but never was like, I had to work hard at getting decent grades and working, you know, but school was never like a top priority for me. It was always about like my friends and what were they doing and about the weekend and stuff. And so that was kind of like, my parents were always like, you need to work harder, work harder. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to work hard. So like, I must be doing something wrong. Right, like if I'm supposed to be doing this, but I want to be doing this, then I'm wired wrong. Mm. Um, And that was like the void that I couldn't live up to the expectations of other people. I couldn't live up to what my parents wanted me to be. So it was just easier for me to take on the role that they thought of me—the black sheep role, the never gonna make it, never gonna mount to anything, you know. And I really took that on and clearly ran with it through you know, drug addiction and, and, you know, just all the, yeah, like that didn't feel good to think, you know, that I wasn't made right, you know, that I couldn't, everybody else that came so easy, school was so easy to them and it was easy for them to not want to go out and party on the weekends and not hang out with their friends. Like, and for me, it wasn't, it was hard. I wanted to do all the things that I shouldn't be doing. Um, but my parents wanted one thing for me, and I needed this for me. I didn't know it, but that's the path that I had to go down. Um, if I would have lived up to what they wanted me to, I would be. Who knows what would happen? But my go- my guess would be I'd be living. I'd be married with kids, you know, working for my family's company and not doing what I love. You know, I, there would be pieces of me missing. Whoa, 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 whoa! Can we just step back? I know plenty of people that do go down paths of very, I'm not trying to disrespect, disrespect anyone of the path that they're going, but that do get into their 40s, their 50s, and, um, and relapse at that time. Yeah. Or, or something just, wah, you know, like something happens at that time. So not saying, you know, like, thank God it happened when you were young, but... As you and I were talking about, we all 
go down the path that we are supposed to go down because that's what our plan was. There's something great for you that's going on. And let me just interrupt you a little bit more because I deal with a lot of clients and we talk about like, uh, like mental mind framework and yeah. mind platforms. And so basically at that age, you know, your brain is still growing. Yeah. 15, you know, your brain is still growing and that's your trigger. And I think that's kind of probably your trigger now is that ongoing question of, Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Do they think I'm good enough? Like, am I good enough for myself? And you say, and I'm gonna ask you a very important question here, Matthew, are you yeah. ready? Yep. You say, you know, it's like standing up to the expectations of people and you've been forgiven 15,000 times or whatever, but do you forgive yourself? Yeah, I have this time. I finally have this time. I'm at peace. Um, with everything that I've done, I can see how I can turn my mess into my message now. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I used to carry it. I carried the guilt. I carried the shame um, with me everywhere I went, you know. Suck and, it in like a straw, baby. <laughs> and yeah, and it was like the second that I like set that shit down, like was the second that it became the platform which I get to create my new life from. Um, and that setting it down came with like really, really forgiving and doing the work, you know, to accept those parts of me and accept those parts of my journey. Um, and it's not up to me to how other people react to that part mm -hmm. of me um, because I've done the work now. So like before I would let, you know, those other people's opinions and thoughts of, you know, what I had done and who I am impact me. Um, you know, to the point where it fester and then, you know, boom, I'm relapsed. Um, but th this time I feel like it's just more about, yeah, the self-acceptance, you know, and the self-forgiveness, um, you know, because we, yeah, we can't really give anything to anybody else until we give it to ourselves to fully understand the depth of it. Um, you know, and it also, that also became the point where things really started to work in my favor again. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't working against the universe anymore. I was moving in flow with it. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, like when you forgive yourself and you fully accept yourself, there's like a, there's a peace that you have that, it, I don't know, it just starts to really attract likeness um, mm -hmm. in other people. And now here we are doing this podcast um, and, you know, that's all part of it. It's a, part of that journey that you're in the flow, right? So you're going to, things are going to happen that are going to help you that are going to, you know, start to steer you in the direction that I need to go. And for me, it's always been about, I've had an idea of what that needed to look like, mm -hmm. what that process I needed. If this is what I wanted, I had to know, all right, I have to do A, B, C, and D, right? And now it's more about just knowing where I want to go and the type of life I want to create. And then just like owning it, starting to talk about it. And then I've noticed that things just start to come to you. And if I followed my idea, it'd be a lot harder to go that route than it would to just be open to anything that can come by, right? Like, and, um, and just trusting the process that if I show up fully with the right mind frame and the right attitude, it's gonna happen. Like there's, cause I know for sure I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna ever give up. So why wouldn't it, ever get there right like that's kind of 
well, the idea. Yeah, exactly. And like what I see is, and I know <sighs> relapse is a real thing. Yeah. But the thing is, if it's constantly in your mind, oh my God, I'm gonna, what if I relapse? You're going to relapse. You're gonna I mean, relapse. you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you just say, door is closed, like this is me. I mean, you <laughs> said it plain yourself in Soul Cycle class. Make a funny noise. What's yeah. your funny noise? Yeah. What is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. bird call. Like, make a funny noise. Be you. Own it. Own and it. you know what that is? That's vulnerability. Yeah. And oh, when you so can good. be vulnerable... Oh my God, it scares the shit out of people. Like they're like, whoa, you are like a real you. Like you're showing your true colors. And like, what am I, you know? Like I'm hiding behind something that I'm uncomfortable with. But your old paths are your old paths, your old patterns are your old patterns, you yeah. know? Like, guess what? You don't have to think about that anymore. Sure, you did it. And I know I make it sound so easy, yeah, and it, 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 it may hold some scars within you, but guess what? You can completely shut that door, and that's amazing. It's like, it's like me. I'll share a bit about myself. I went through a horrible breakup, and for so many years, I used to carry that on with me. Like, what did I do? Like, what did I do to make him do that to me or whatever? You know, like that path, and I held it on, and I associated it with so many other people, and and until you close that door and say, you know what, this is me. And like, I love being me. And like, sure, like I hang out with myself a lot. And like, I like to dance in the mornings or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Until you can full, fully be vulnerable and like show your, as they say, your true colors. <laughs> then like, you're not living life. Yeah. So now you get that opportunity every single day to wake up and say, what's my true color today? Yeah. You know, like, what is my true color? And for you, what I see, because I, when I went to your class, I was like, man, this guy's got, like, my songs on. Like, these are the songs I need to hear. You played one song that I listened to, because I listened to, um, do you know that radio station, the Encouragement radio station, 100.3? No. Anyways, you play this. Like I need to. Oh, my God. What is this song? The, oh, the woman sings it. And, um, you say? What was it? You say? I don't, I don't know. She's like, she has like a deep voice. She almost sounds like Adele. And she's I, like... I think it's You Say. I, da, 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 da. Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, yeah, It's You Say. I forget her you name. You Say I'm Enough or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I love it. But they play that on the radio and I was like, I don't know anyone else that knows this song. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. You Say I'm Enough. I'll have to find yeah. it. Oh, it's so good. But it's such a like empowering song. And like, I want to ask you right now, like, to keep you like fully strong in your full strength um, of where you are right now. And like, sure, we're all recovering. We're all recovering from something. Yeah. And we're all here to support one another. And before I say my next thing, I want to ask you, what is your theme song to keep you strong right now? Whew. Right now? Um, God, I haven't... I love all types of music. Um, I would say right now, I Am Here by Pink is probably like one of my like jams right now. It's nice. been for like <laughs> three years actually. Um, that, actually that and there's a song called Levitator by LP. 
mm-hmm. who's a local LA artist here. She, that girl can sing, and oh, Levitator is probably my all-time like. I'll have to listen. Yeah, um, yeah, she she's great. Um, everything she puts out is incredible, but Levitator is definitely my theme song. And so on to my next. So these are those are like your mantra, your mantras. Okay, mm-hmm. so like those those lyrics, like, dude, when you feel down, like, that's got to be your mantra. And that's what I tell clients, like, if they have something that they're, like, going through or something they're passionate about, like, you're passionate about music, and I can completely tell that. Yeah. Like, that's your thing. And, like, you've got to make those lyrics your mantra. And that's why, like, you know, I tell people, like, the last thing you see at night is the thing that you're going to be dreaming about, the thing you're going to be thinking about. So don't watch the news. You know, <laughs> yeah. don't listen to the president, you know, or whatever. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I think I know I, we've, I saw on your post like that you meditate a lot. And mm-hmm. for me, that's that's it. That's the key to any type of happiness, successful life, self-honoring, self-respect, self-awareness, self-help is all through meditation. Um, that's that's where we get to download from our higher power, our source, whatever the universe, God, anything that you call it, like that's where the answers come from, you know, and everybody has their own answers to their own journey. But I totally am with you on what you're saying. It's like, yeah, what's going to keep you strong? What's going to keep you motivated, right? Because everybody wants that, like that extra, that answer, right? Um, And the thing is, is that it's temporary, right? Anything, the good song is only going to be your favorite song for a little while until you get sick of it. You know, your favorite book, your favorite quote, your favorite mantra is going to wear out. Like, it's only going to last a little while. So how do you kind of keep that continuity and continuity going? It's by meditation, right? Because something different will come up inside of you. Something different, a different answer, a different feeling about how you're you're doing, you know? It's a imperative way to check in with yourself um, because it's the only time that you can be silent and to tap inward and to connect (laughs) literally your body mind and soul as one and higher power or whatever it it is you know and all the energies and the frequencies around you it is what I do every single day to ask myself a question of where I am in the present moment and it comes and that's what I write. If you follow me on Instagram, every morning I keep myself accountable and yes. I write whatever that comes to my head. And sometimes it doesn't make sense, but sometimes it does. Yeah. And the, the, do you meditate in the morning and at night before bed too? Um, I meditate in the morning and then uh, briefly at night. Yeah. I start, yeah. I start every day that way. Meditation is what actually gave me the clarity. And I ADD to the max, right? I was like, I can't meditate. I can't shut my mind off. I can't sit still. I can't do any of this. And I'm going to interrupt you really fast. <laughs> I don't believe in ADD. I believe in um, creative, like creative frequencies. I believe it's creative frequencies. I believe that you are highly creative and have a high vibrational level. And then you just, it's hard for you to focus because you have so many good ideas. Okay, continue. It's true. Um, <laughs> And it was in a meditation where, like, I, because I've always, so I used to walk around, people would always tell me, like, you need to find that connection, right? That connection to yourself, that higher truth. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you do that? You know, and I could always sense, I could always feel it, right? Like, that 
you know, I could be either in my body walking the ground or I could see myself like that out of body experience almost. Right. But I could never connect the two. Um, and I didn't know why or I didn't know how. So, again, I'm thinking that I'm broken. And my good love. Yeah, like that I don't have not wired the right way, uh, that I can't do this. And I can't find that connection with my truth, my higher power, my whatever. And, uh, and one day I was laying, I was in treatment after my, this last relapse. Um, and I was at, uh, in passages up in Ventura, laying on the grass um, in this, like, strange, like, little outcove. Um, and this guy was leading us through a meditation and he, we were just laying there staring, I'm staring up at the sky and I immediately had this like warming sensation come around my body. And it was almost like that, like the lens goes out and then comes Mm. back in Mm. and, uh, and it, but it made me feel like in that moment for the first time in my life, I honest, I felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be on my back in this tiny I mean, I felt like a speck of sand, like it went so far away before it came back. And then when it came back, he was just like bringing us through, like from our feet all the way up our body, just focusing on your feet. And somehow, like I had this idea to turn it into like a gratitude list, right? So I'm thanking my feet for bringing me to where this point in my life and thanking my legs for bringing me to this point on the grass. Um... And by the time he, we got to the heart, I was just in tears. I had broke down completely. Um, and I had realized that in 38 years of living, I had never once slowed down enough to really appreciate like my heartbeat, you know, and how fragile, but how powerful that is. Um, and that's the connection came like right there in that moment, like the, mind the body soul mind came in contact with my soul and it's never left like i've had that awakening experience and every single day i wake up i honor that connection by just really asking you know that heart like that passion that thing that beats in my chest that shows up for me every single day no matter what type of mood i'm in no matter what kind of day i'm having it doesn't stop. It shows up. And trust me, I have given my heart thousands of opportunities to stop beating on me. Um, I pushed my body to the extreme in everything I've done, always, every day. Um, I should not be here. But there's a purpose. And now I'm connected to it. And I feel it. And I have it. And I love it. And I accept it. And I give it. And, um, you know, and I have to surrender to that purpose every day though because I get bright ideas you know I get those ideas again I want to go revisit the shame and and the guilt and pick it back up sometimes Um, you know and then the meditation I get to recall and I get to honor my heart and the heart doesn't want the guilt it doesn't want the shame it wants love and it wants acceptance and it wants forgiveness and it wants to you know give those to other people in return it doesn't want the guilt it doesn't want the shame um you know, our egos do because it's easy to hide behind. It's, you know, it's easy to to play small when we feel guilty. It's easy to play small when we, you know, or think we're have shamed our families or our f- friends. And um, yeah, but that connection is something that uh, I'm so thankful for. Yeah, it, you uh, know what? Your family 
they must be strong as oxes. I mean, they, <laughs> I, I'm getting emotional here because they love you so much and you can completely tell yeah. how much they'll do for you. And, you know, like, I think we all carry that. And nowadays it's so hard, I think, to really see our and visualize our authentic self because of social media. And I think a lot of us carry around that word, doubt. And until you find a lifeline or a really amazing anchor that will always be there for you, you know, you're gonna carry that doubt. Your family is an amazing anchor for you. You know, and, yeah, I mean, and, and labels or not, you know, you have to bear in mind that you are your own identity, you know, and, and how am I going to say this? You can always reframe that mindset and that path and not every day is going to be rainbows and butterflies because yeah. I know me too. I'm a very happy person. Most every day, I strive to choose joy. But sometimes there's that chemical day where you're like, why do I feel this way? Or maybe you had a dream and you don't even remember the dream and it just sets your something off. Yeah. You know? But you've got to have that support system. So who is your support system right now? Well, I'll be honest. Um, my brothers don't talk to me. They haven't come around yet, um, and and to, and that's okay. I like I feel like that's their journey, that's their process, right? Like they, you know, I let them both know that the door is open, um, but I can't force them to walk through that door, mm -hmm. and I also can't spend all of my energy waiting and hoping and trying to get them to come through that mm -hmm. door. Um, because then I fall back into, you know, the doing things for other people and thinking that's what I should do. Um, and I love them and they know that and my family has been great, um, you know, and they, <clears throat> they have been supportive, but um, it's from a distance right now. Um, you and know, the wreckage, okay. yeah. That, In it all is. honesty, yeah, I think that's okay. It is, and it's, it's great for both sides of it and um, also because they need to heal too like they need to find 100% like that part of and together it's hard right like but me re being removed from the situation one it makes it easier for me to heal and two for them also mm -hmm. um and it'll happen like we'll be back um I know I'm trusting the process and I know well because that's what I'm creating like they're in my life and I know they are uh we just don't talk right now you mm -hmm. know but I still love them I know they love me and um it's not a, I don't look at it as a bad thing or as something okay. that, yeah. Um, I'd say my biggest support system is, you know, it's uh, my best friend, Santron, also a soul cycle instructor. Um, he's definitely my rock, my anchor, my soul friend. Um, our souls have been friends for many, many lifetimes. Um, and yeah, and like, you know, I've been doing a lot of meetings. I go to AA, I do smart recovery. Um, I'm actually in a IOP down the street, Silicon Beach right now. Um, 
And What's IOP stand for? Intensive outpatient program. So oh. after I got out of passages, um, I wasn't, passages was 30 days and I wasn't ready. Like I was still real squirrely um, and just getting agitated and, you know, like, I call it this protective bubble that I have around me, right? That I'm trying to create and trying to build where I can, this is where I end and you begin, mm-hmm. right? So like, I don't have to take on other people's opinions. I don't have to take on other people's values. I don't have to take on other people's expectations, you know, like, cause I can just live here in my truth and I can see you and accept you for having those and, and see them, but not like take them on, right? Mm-hmm. And when I got out of passages, I realized quickly that that bubble that I had built you know through meditation and doing you know some a lot of self reflection um was made of glass (laughs) it broke quickly Mm -hmm. um and and it scared me because i did not want to go back to that life and that was my options like i was contemplating like can i do this all those thoughts right so i jumped back into an iop program which is an intensive outpatient program where i go uh four days a week uh, in the morning and it's just like group sessions like it's just talking about um, what's going on in our lives different tools to have to work with and um, and the guys there are great like it's incredible um, and when I start my day that way like I'm good like I'm good on the days like as I have like a three-day break uh, every other week and by the time I come back that next after the three days off I'm like like, thank God. I'm like, why have I been so irritable, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've been, like, kind of just swerving that way because I haven't been talking about things that are I'm going through. I haven't been talking about, you know, shit that's coming up for me, and I've been dealing with it by myself. And when I get, you know, into my own best thinking, my own best thinking gets me into a lot of trouble. So just having that, like, soundboard to bounce off of people, even now, like, this is helpful for me, just telling my story and talking with you. And, um, you know, this helps me. It's always about, like, talking about real shit. Like, I don't enjoy small talk. I'm not a big fan of, like, yeah. you know. What's weather like? Yeah, no, <laughs> don't do it. Like, I want to know. Like, when I meet somebody, I'm like, what's up? Like, what makes you tick? What's your passion about? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? Um, you know, like, what's the goal? Goal for life. Like, let's talk about that shit. That's stuff I want to know about. Um, so when I'm not talking about that, I get really, really like squirrely and I'm just like, I need to get back to this. And it's, that's what helps. That's my foundation. Those guys, Santron, um, you know, people that know me and will hold me accountable. Like people that will call me on my shit, um, Mm. will notice when I'm getting squirrely. Yeah, just being honest. That's why I'm an accountability (laughs) coach. Yeah, right? There you go. And isn't it incredible? Like when you have somebody that you can allow to hold you accountable and see it as coming from a place of love because I feel so often that when you try to hold somebody accountable, it's, it's, you're met with defensiveness or you're met with, especially within families, I feel like especially. But um, the, the importance of it is like you have to, like, because your own best thinking will get you pretty messed up it's most of the time yeah it's a challenge and to be able to see that as coming from a place of love will save you know a lot of people a lot of heartache I think um when they can accept that it's okay to not know yeah it's okay to not have all, all the, the answers, answers all the time and to be open and accepting to hearing something come up later inside of you and just 
just sitting in it. Like, it's cool. Don't know. That's fine. You know, the answer might not come up for three weeks, and you're yeah. going to have to sit in that unknown for three weeks. And But the second you stop thinking about it and stop trying to know is the second the answer comes. And, and then you'll know. And <laughs> it's okay to cry. Yes, it is, man. I do it daily. Good. I oh, my gosh. Daily. I wish I did it daily. Some days, you know, it's like I have been working so hard, and then it's all of a sudden I'll find myself crying. I'm like, ah! And then you're like, oh, I guess I needed that. But what people don't realize is that, like, it's a natural release of, like, those toxic thoughts and feelings and just stagnant energy. And, and uh, that's why I'll start. Man, this is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> um, but what kind of, like, the connotation of, like, you know, like men and how we're raising yeah. men and how we're basically feeding them that they can't have any emotion, that they've got to be rough and tough and have all the answers. Like, I will, you know, make stone with <laughs> fire or whatever yeah. that term is, you know, and they, they yeah. can't cry, you know, like, cry. Like, yeah. like suck it up, man up. Like, just, yeah, that has done us a terrible, terrible service. Um, Look at politics. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, yeah. Don't get political. Like, I'm, uh, I'm all for women taking over right now. Like, yes, support each other, lead, take over. Like, men, we need to heal for a little while. Like, our whole whack-a-mole way of dealing with things um, has put us into this situation, and now we don't know what to do, and we're scared, so we're just beating more shit up. Like... And I feel like for guys, that vulnerability thing is so tough. Um, and that's the workshop that I'm launching is all about that. Um, oh, tell us about your workshop. Go for so it. So I'm launching this workshop in January that's just for men. Um, and it's a leveling up workshop, like leveling up our lives as a whole unit. Because um, like I was saying earlier, like we can't leave parts of us behind, right? Like we can't ignore what other people call a defect but we're not calling that uh, that anymore on ourselves is we have to take it with us so like let's strip all the masks off get down to who we really are talk about it you know and then decide the life you want to create like so many guys get caught up in like where we're at and having all the answers but they don't realize that like what's your true self-wanting like your bank account says this much but you know you're worth this much your job title says this but you know you could do that what's holding us back from that you know that your relationship that you're showing up in your relationship like this but you know that you're capable of loving somebody this much you know yeah. like this much greater like there's something there that like gets hidden in the masks that i'm trying to strip off and kind of, so that's what it is. It's a four-week program. We're getting vulnerable. We're stripping off the masks. Um, you know, we're deciding who we want to be, finding out what we're going to do to get there, and then how we're going to keep that, the maintenance behind it. So um, is this a, like, first come, first serve? Like, is there a, a certain amount of people that can be in this program? <laughs> yes. And do they have to be in Southern California? Yes. Yeah, so it's Southern California. Um, we're going to be doing it. The first one's going to be in L.A. The second one will be in Orange County. Um, taking 10 men. That's it. Nice. Um, we're almost full. So if you're interested, hit me up. DM, email, whatever you got. Um, and let's roll. Let's talk about it. 
you know. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, breaking that fear away because we all know that fear is a liar, <laughs> which is so hard to see, but it is so true. Um, I want to talk about because now that you are on your new, your just revived path, you are like so rejuvenated. You are like a glowing ball of light. <laughs> like you're just, you're becoming clear again, right? Yeah. You're yeah, just, you're gonna, ma- you're gonna yeah. maintain this path of staying on your passion, right? Health, fitness, longevity. Yeah. I don't know if I'm putting words into your. Mouth. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Once you, I feel like once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep. Like that's just how it works. Like you can never unknow what you learn, right? Like you know it forever. And once you have that spiritual awakening, once you have that clarity of who you are and where you're going, you can't forget it. Like that's the path you're on. That's the journey you're gonna go down. And, like I said, you might try to circle back and pick up, you know, where you like the fear, the guilt, the insecurity, the doubt, but no. you don't have to. You don't like, and you won't. Once you pick it up, you're gonna remember quickly. Yeah. And you put it back down. It's like walking on the beach. You see the gum that you chewed, <laughs> you know, on the way, you know, north. You're walking back, you know, and you're like, oh, there's my piece of gum I spit out. Let me pick it up. It's all sandy, and I'll put it back <laughs> put it in back my mouth, mouth and see how that tastes. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do that. No. No. I mean, that's so, like, low-key. But yeah. But why? You know why? Because you've got your support systems now. You've got, like, oh, my gosh, you have so much opportunity. Like, I'm getting chills thinking about these men's groups and, like, you transforming and helping these guys say, like, yeah, this is the light I want to live and this is the goodness I want to spread because we all have so much power to do that. It's just, like, are you going to give it a shot and be vulnerable? And if someone says like calls you a name or like steps on your big toe, are you going to be like, okay, it might hurt for a while, but whatever. I'm still making my bird calls, you know, yeah. like, wow, wow. Still making bird calls, still making weird Who noises. Who cares, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> so let's talk about really fast about your nutrition, about how this nutrition um, that you take on creates that mental clarity. Yeah. Uh, so I've been paleo on and off for 12 years probably. Um, but when I'm on paleo is when I personally feel the best. Um, you know, and for, like I said, food is fuel for the body, right? So what you put into your body is what your body is gonna give back to you. Exactly. Um, so when we're not eating healthy foods, we're not feeling good about ourselves. When we're not feeling good about ourselves, we're not our best. We're not gonna show up with our best when we don't feel good about ourselves, right? And the way you eat and fuel your body is the way you're going to feel afterwards. And it's not about being paleo or being keto or no. bulletproof or any of the Atkins. It's, no labels. No, it's not. It's about finding the right foods for you that are going to feel best with your body. Um, I have all my clients do the same thing. I have them write down what they eat for a week. Um, and I don't change all of it right away. I just take pieces of it out and replace it with something else so that they can feel the difference in how their body feels. And then after about 30 days, once like all the inflammation is gone, I take all the processed, you know, stuff out of their, out of their diet without, but replacing it with an alternative. It's not cutting calories that I'm doing. It's just the different, I'm giving them new, more nutrient dense foods exactly. that are going to make, that their body's going to use. Like it knows what to do with. And then by the end of the 30 days, I'm like, all right, let's go back, pick your cheat meal, let's go. And I'll go with them and I'll, we'll eat whatever their favorite thing was before. And they 
always, a thousand percent of the time, say the same thing. I feel like shit. I wish I wouldn't have ate that. How many times? I would be a billionaire if I heard that from... And it's because people don't know how bad they feel because they haven't felt good yet. Exactly. Once you feel how good it is to feed your body food that it's going to use, like that other stuff, like you look at it and you're like, I can't believe I was eating that my whole life. Like it just, it, your perspective changes because your body now is thanking you. So it's showing up better for you. You're having better energy. Your hair is growing faster. Your nails are stronger. Your skin is better. Mm -hmm. You're thinking clearer. You're sleeping better. You're waking up with more energy. All of these things that your body is now thanking you for, it's giving it back to you because you gave it what it needed to show up that way. Because in all reality, guys, just going to be honest here, your body is a natural healing mechanism and you have to allow it to heal. So if you're putting, yeah. it's like, it's, I'm going to say it's like a scab, like a scab. So like if you're putting processed chemicals in you, you're just like literally picking the scab and it's not going to heal. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but if you're like, oh my gosh, filling it with goodness and like things that are going to nurture your like endocrine system you know, and like your immunities, then voila, like the scab like creates this new derm and like you have the the flawless skin again and like where did that cut go, you know? So it's healing itself. You have that high vibrational energy and then you can think clearer. So paleo works for you. You know, I don't like to put, I'm kind of at the point where I don't like to put labels on anything anymore because people skew things out of proportion. Um, But I think when I tell my clients, everybody is different. Everybody is yeah. different, you know, and what works for you may not work for my body because we're made of a different DNA <laughs> yeah. for God's sakes. So, um, I love hearing that in any way I can help. I am here to help, um, in any way possible. But, um, so right now you're working at soul cycle. How yeah. did you, how did you get introduced to wanting to work at soul cycle? Uh, well, a friend of mine worked there uh, a while back, um, and you know, my mom and her mom were best friends, and she was um, always telling me, like, "Come, you could be great at this." So <clears throat> I had uh, was a personal trainer forever. Let me reframe that. I was back in when I lived in New Jersey, New York. I was a personal trainer, started my own company out there. But when I came out here. It was a lot harder to build up the clientele. Everybody was already in pretty good shape and everybody has a trainer or is a trainer. And so the business side of it didn't really grow as fast as I was hoping it would. Um, And she was like, just come check it out. You you know, like you'd be great at it. It's right up your alley. And I was like, no cardio. Thanks. Appreciate it. Don't do that. Um, But her mom actually came and picked me up one day and uh, and took me to one of her classes in Beverly Hills at like 6 a.m. from Newport. And, uh, and I loved it. I was like, Oh my God. Like she just did what I do one-on-one with 60 people at the same time. And I thought I was going to die. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I was like, just out of breath, arms about to fall off. Um, but I was just watching her and her element shine and motivate and inspire. And I was like, that's what I need to do. Like, I have to do that. Like that's, and, uh, and that's the goal now, right? So like I was went from sharing my message with one person to now sharing my message with 60 people. And now it's time for me to, the stage to grow again, you know, and it's time to reach out and affect more people. And, 
get that, you know, the scale and the stage to just continually grow. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah, I've had this reoccurring dream. Uh, I only have one dream, ever. I've had two dreams. Wait, my, what? I, yeah, you the, always have the same dream? Yeah. When I had a dream the other night that I... This is strange. <laughs> that Never mind. Don't even Someone, like, I, I was know, meeting dude. her baby and it turned out to be a guinea pig? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, so I've only had two dreams in my whole life that I can ever remember. And they've both been, obviously, reoccurring dreams. And, what? Uh, one of them was prior to me getting clean. And one of them has been after I've been clean. Um, the one prior to being clean, I'm being chased around by this like demonic figure and I always end up waking up and because he like stabs me in the stomach after I trip and fall. Um, and I come to like, you know, gasping for air and wake up. And the messaging behind that is that was my subconscious being my addiction, chasing my, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and now the dream is still, it's the same uh, reoccurring dream that I have now. And it's, I'm standing in a room of five people talking and I'm wearing sweats and sandals, which is what I was wearing when I was in treatment. And every time I look down, I see the sweats, I see the sandals and I look back up and the venue gets nicer. The crowd gets bigger. Every time you have the dream? Uh, Every time I look down in the dream. So I don't know what I'm, I'm talking. I'm doing like a speaking event, but I don't hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. I just see what's happening and have the feeling. Um, but every time I look down at my feet, I'm in sweats and sandals. And every time I look up, the venue gets bigger and nicer. The crowds get bigger and larger. Um, and every time I look down, sweats and sandals, sweats and sandals. And that's, to me, that's my subconscious really like telling me to like stay humble and remember like where you come from and that that's the platform you need to stand on and stay on. Um, you know, and that's why, yeah. And that's where you know, my message is coming from. It's, uh, you know, really wanting to help men heal and really change the way that people look at addiction. Um, when people think of drug addicts, you never will think of me. My face will not be the picture that comes into your mind. Um, but it, the reality is there's more people that look like me that are drug addicts and there's homeless people on the streets that are doing drugs. Oh, yeah. It affects everybody. And I want to change that and make it something... It's not so taboo to talk about, you know, like people hide that shit like crazy. Like there's a sibling or someone is like they're so ashamed of it. And look like it's trust me, no one out there is choosing to do the shit that we do when we're on drugs. It's not like a it's not we don't choose to run from our families. We this is not something that people don't choose jail. They don't want to be homeless on the street. They don't want to be doing the things they do. It happens. Yes. But that's not a a lifestyle that anybody's raising their hand for and signing up for. So the way we look at addiction needs to change because people just, it's kick them out, it's do this, and that's just feeding into the addiction. Um, It's giving the addiction what it wants. It wants us to be isolated. It wants us away from our families. It wants us away from people that are going to hold us accountable Mm -hmm. because that's where it thrives. It thrives when we're by ourselves and we're scared and we don't know what we're doing. Um, That's our answer. But when... And I want to change that. My goal yeah. is to get on the front lines with the people that are doing that and really start to impact how addiction is treated. There's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry mm. that is not necessarily doing it the right way. Um, it's money. Yeah. And, and I'm going to agree with you full-heartedly. Um, 
And I just want to say addiction, we all know, many of us know, that can come in many different forms. It can come in, I mean, there was a movie called Shopaholic. She was addicted to shopping, right? Yeah. And addictions can transform into other addictions. I have like 800 Nikes. So you love shoes now. <laughs> yeah. So um, It changes, yes. But the thing is, yeah, so some people can, can be addicted to alcohol and then be addicted to working out. After that, some people can be addicted to eating food and then be addicted to like buying fancy cars, you know, like yeah. it's, it does, it does come in different ways. But what I'm trying to get at is instead of isolating the person and saying like, oh, go to timeout, like shame on you, none of this, you know, you have got to have that person. And this is, you know, I, I'm not always dealing with people with addictions, but I am dealing with people with like transforming and feeling empowered within themselves and showing them their true colors. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm here and I know why I'm put into people's lives. I've lived Matthew in many different parts of the world. And for some reason, I'm always put into at least one person's life that I have to have an impact on. Um, and my question always is, how can I be here for you? How can I help you? And if they say, you can't help me, then I be like, how can I be a lifeline for you to come and talk to? I mean, you got to have someone to talk to. I'm here to listen. Yeah. And that's all I can say. And it's, it's in all honesty, like, it's true. And I speak genuinely when I tell my clients or just people in the street. Like, it could be anyone. Like, <laughs> we're, all, we're all us. Yeah. And you've got to have someone that's here to say, and I'm saying this to you right now, my ears are open. Thank you. My ears are open. My arms are open. I'm a great hug giver. <laughs> if you ever need, everyone needs a hug. Yeah. My masseuse told me the other day my neck needed a hug because <laughs> it was so tight. We all need a hug. And, you know, you have to have that person there. And I'm genuine when I say it. To, to whoever I say it to, you got to have a hug. You got to have the ears open. Yeah. We're we're here for each other. I'm so be. sick of people walking around on the streets and not making eye contact. I've started seeing workout there's so many workout routines that you can take in your home and isolate yourself to, you know, yeah. at home yoga, at home boxing, you know, at home spinning. Sure they're great when you're short on time, but let's get back in out <laughs> into nature and the wild and talk to people. Yeah. No more dating apps, no more, you know, like pick up the phone, yeah. write someone a letter. Oh my gosh, you know, like don't be scared to be vulnerable anymore. Yeah, I know that we're getting further and further apart from each other and it's scary. Yeah, we let's, need change, more it connection. let's yeah. change that. Yeah. So we're gonna kind of like wrap this up cool. because we could be on here for days yeah. <laughs> and we're already starting to go over, but uh -huh. I'm gonna ask you, um, Two more questions. Are you ready? Yes. Kind of like Oprah, because <laughs> she always asks, what is, what is your definition of the soul? I think she asks that. What is, Matthew, what is your soul's definition right now? I give you one word. My soul is love. Nice. Absolutely, love. Um, yeah, it's so true. We have either every choice we ever make is based off of fear or love, um, you know, and love is inviting. Love lets go. Love accepts. And 
fear pushes away. Fear holds on to everything that we have. It's, you know, and love is the, it gives it, it, it shows it. it um, love is the truth, you know, and it doesn't need darkness. It doesn't need evil. To, it just needs love and it just needs you. I love it. I love it. Um, and my next question may kind of fall along the same lines. I'm covering it up so you can <laughs> see it. All right, Matthew, here we go. This is the JBH question. What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Owning my story, owning my addiction, talking about it, owning my character, characteristics. You know, I'm not even calling them flaws or defects anymore. Um, and really just loving me and accepting me for who I am and, you know, not trying to leave parts of me behind anymore or hide parts of me from people. Um, yeah, acceptance of who I am and, and loving that person and asking that person what, what it needs. You know, asking, having self-honoring thoughts and conversations with myself. Gosh, I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast and when you're kind of like more deep into your men's group. Yeah. And then we can kind of like share that further. Cool. But guys, okay, so you can connect up with Matthew um, on his Instagram right now. It would be the best thing. It's yep. paleo at, okay, so it's at paleo viking. Yeah. Got it? So write that down if you're interested in the men's group. There's a couple spaces open. If you're in LA and OC, um, you can join that starting in January. Um, and if you guys have any questions for me, feel free to tap in. You know my email. It's Catherine at justbeinghonest.com. And that's being without a G because we like to be a little funky. And um, the other thing, we're on Spotify. So add us to your little playlist. We are also on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Simplecast FM. If you want more information from us, you can visit our website 24-7 at www.justbeinghonest.com. Um, ask about our services. Ask about how we can help you personally stay accountable in 2019. And uh, Matthew has one more thing to say. If anybody you know or in your family, friends is struggling with addiction and you're not sure what to do, hit me up. Let's talk about it. I'll, we'll talk to them. We'll talk to you. Anybody you know, let's go. Let's get, get help. Yeah, exactly. Talk about it. At Paleo Viking. So DM him. His arms are open. Um, guys, I'm, I'm not going to say new year, new you because it's going to be a right here, right now situation. Start now. I'm so sick of people saying, I'll start on Monday. <laughs> start now. Start now. Like, start now. Uh, Matthew's become. here to help you. Guys, we are here. I'm here. My ears are open. My heart is open. This is a non-judgment community that we're creating. Non-judgment. All right? This is not just a highlight reel. This is real life. So um, hit us up. We're so proud of you all. Um, Keep on pursuing your passions. That's what I want to say because look what they can become. Until next time, guys, JBH Podcast is clicking out. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao. Guys, thank you so much. I'm blown away by that interview that I just had with Matthew. I have to note something. 
I have these cards. They're called inner compass cards. And yeah, they give us some uh, positive affirmations that we can take on, carry on with us. What you do is you pull a card by random, then you read what it means. You can interpret it however you want. But there's something surprising to these cards. The fact that your energy really creates the answer that you need to receive. So after the show interview, I picked a card for Matthew. And the card that I picked at random without seeing it was Harvest. A little bit about Harvest. Basically, it was pointing to a period of plentitude and joy. Harvest is time to step back from your hard work and enjoy your own creation, no matter how great or poor your crop is. You can be thankful for it, but your attitude towards the result is crucial. It shows the extent to which you accept and trust yourself. So basically taking that on, that's my mantra for Mr. Matthew. And I'm going to continuously to ask him to continue to grow. And I'm going to ask him, is your harvest plentiful? Because he has so much potential. And he is made up of so much power to do anything he wants. Guys, thanks for tuning in once again.